Blog Talk Radio. We're here, God, because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything.
Well, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host tonight. Sean Holmberg is out of the studio, uh, spending some time with family, and should be back tomorrow night. And uh, so I will be hosting the show till probably about the 1030 uh, time tonight. We'll probably wrap things up a little bit earlier than usual. Uh, we may close out some more ship and just push it to the end. We'll just see what what happens. Well, if you're just tuning in, uh, like I said, this is Prayer International Radio. Call-in number is 619-638-8458. You can check us out at www.prayerinternational.org. And if you need to email us or want to send in prayer requests or comments or anything that you want to share that you feel like the Lord wants you to testify about or maybe you have a praise report, or maybe you just want to brag on God and just talk about what, what's going on a little bit or just share some info or share some things that uh, we're encouraging to you. We'd love to find out what God's doing in your life or what God's doing in your church or your ministry. You know, we just want to know what the Lord is up to, you know, not only in our nation but in other nations. And so, you know, if there's things that you hear about, we definitely want to find out, you know. Uh, plus, right now we are also raising up a watch. You know, there's a projectory hurricane uh, projected to hit the East Coast area. At least they're saying it will. But, you know, we choose to not believe man's report, but we want to believe the report of the Lord tonight. And so we are praying and standing in the gap and interceding and declaring and decreeing that this hurricane will not affect America. This hurricane will not affect those on the East Coast, that there will be no ill effects, no bodily harm, no injuries, no major structural damage. We're believing that this hurricane is just really going to just boil right across the ocean and, you know, maybe just bring a good rain up along the East Coast, and that's what we're hoping for. So we are standing in the gap, declaring and decreeing peace to the storm. And so tonight I want to open up in a word of prayer. And if you're interceding or you're standing in the gap for those, if you got loved ones, friends, or family that are on the East Coast, look, stand in the gap, pray and declare and watch and pray for the provision and the protection of the Lord. You know, God provides protection for his children. He says he is peace in the midst of the storm, that he will be a shelter. And so what we want to declare is peace and safety to the East Coast, peace and safety along our coastline. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just declare, we speak to this hurricane, Irene, in the name of Jesus, and we tell you to go back into the sea, go back into the ocean, that you will not affect our coastline, in Jesus' name, that you will not affect the families and the households and the businesses and the buildings and the properties and those things that are owned by the people of God and the people of America, that they will not be affected. By this storm in Jesus' name, Father, we pray, Father God, that you would have mercy, that you would have grace. And, Father, we speak peace to the East Coast right now in Jesus' name. While we're in a spirit of prayer, I just want to go ahead and lift up our nation. We might as well start out that way. You know, a lot of times we wait into the show before we begin to intercede and pray and lift up the nation, lift up our nation, but... Since we're in the flow of that, I'd like to lift up our president. We just begin to pray wisdom over this man that he would 
have an encounter with the living God and his heart would turn to righteousness, his heart would turn to the living God. That, Father, you would shake our president and everything that could be shaken in and out of his life, in and out of his family, in and out of his position, and that you would cause him to have a humble spirit, cause him to repent, to turn his heart to the ways of God, that you would open up his eyes so he could lead our nation in righteousness. And, Father, we pray against any ill effect on our nation because of decisions we're making with Israel, decisions we're making about the Middle East crisis. And, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus your mercy and your wisdom over our leaders that we could govern our nation rightly in accordance with your will, in accordance with your plan, in accordance with your kingdom. And we pray, Father God, that we would have a better relationship with Israel and with Jerusalem and with those in the Middle East that lift up the name of God, with those that are children of the Most High God. Father, we pray, Father God, for your peace over Jerusalem right now, for your prosperity and for your protection over those that are in Israel. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you're raising up an awareness of the Messiah, raising up an awareness of Jesus Christ being Lord not only of the world, but especially over Israel and Jerusalem and the Jewish people. Now, Father, we declare your glory will cover, because you said it would. We declare that your glory will saturate and fill the earth, and that there will be knowledge of you all across the land, Lord, from the four corners of the earth. We declare that the name of Jesus Christ would be lifted up and honored, would be lifted up and glorified. And Father, we just ask, Lord God, for heaven's influence on all our earthly affairs today. And whatever we do, Father, in order to deed, Father, let us do it unto you, that you would manifest your glory and you manifest your character in the lives of your people, Lord. Begin to turn, begin to turn this world's perspective of your people. Father, the way people have seen your bride, the way people have seen the church of America, the way people have seen even what institutionalized religion has done to the name of Christianity. Father, we pray that you would turn this around and that a genuine move of your spirit would touch our nation, would touch the nations of the earth. That true revival, Father, and true awakening would begin to burn in the hearts of the people here. And Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. Father, we thank you for what you're declaring and decreeing, Lord, and we agree with you today. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, if you're just tuning in again, we just want to give up the number. Call in number 619-638-8458. Feel free if you're listening via the website or listening on Blog Talk Radio. Maybe you call in. The reason we have that call number two, if you can't ever get an internet signal, if you can't ever reach us by internet, you can always call in and just listen to the show that way. So it's just another option uh, to make it convenient for you to pray and hear the word of the Lord um, as we do that here at Prayer International. So, well, praise God. Well, we're going to get into a time of worship tonight and just commit ourselves, Jesus said, to hallow the name of the Lord. And we want to do that. So let's hallow his name tonight.
All right, well, praise God, we're back. And this is Prayer International Radio. Just taking some time. You know, that song is called Awaken Love. And the whole idea of that song is that we need to be awakened. We need to be awakened in our spirits to the glory of God. You know, traditional Christianity over the years has kind of sold us short on really experiencing God in a real and tangible way. You know, traditions of men have made the Word of God of none effect. In fact, we've taken the Word of God and we've taken it as a letter, we've taken it as a sword, and Paul said it like this, the letter of the law kills, but it's the Spirit that gives life. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom and there's liberty. And so, yes, we need the Word of God. We worship God in spirit and in truth, so you have to have a balance. God says a false balance and an unjust scale is an abomination in his sight. So God wants us to be balanced people. But with that being said, we don't put the weightier matters on the word itself. Yes, God exalts his word above himself. Yes, he does. And so we need to keep that as the center, most uh, foundational truth in our Christianity is that the word of the Lord stands forever. That the word of the Lord is settled in heaven. And it's the word of God that the Lord is using to frame our lives. And as we begin to declare and decree what the Lord is speaking, okay, we can begin to watch and say with uh, watch and see and say what the Lord is saying unto us, like the prophet declared in the Old Testament. We come into a place where we're hearing God on a daily basis. We come into a place where his words become the foundation of our life, where his words become the point of reference for truth in our lives. You see, Isaiah said it like this in Isaiah 55. He says, who has believed, I'm sorry, Isaiah 53 Sorry about that, but it says, who has believed our report? Let me go ahead and turn there so we can get into this for a minute. Let's let's go there. Isaiah 53, actually, this is one of the most prophetic, profound pictures of the cross. This is one of the most prophetic inside examples that the Old Testament gives us about the finished work of Christ and the work that Christ was called here to do. And so with that being said, I want us to kind of focus on this for just a minute. Isaiah 53. So go to Psalms. Look to Psalms. And then go to the right just a little bit. And you'll find Isaiah. A couple couple of books over. All right, 53 verse 1 says this. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Let me say this. If you're believing God, if you're believing his reports, if you're believing his word, then the arm of the Lord will be revealed to you. God will reveal himself to you. All you have to do is believe. This is a walk of faith. See, he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
See, God wants to be revealed. He wants to reveal himself. He wants to reveal his glory. He wants to reveal his plan and his purpose. He wants to reveal his heart unto you. Now, let's talk about this. Let's talk about Jesus for a minute. I think we're going to go all the way through this, Isaiah 53. And I want us to think about this is the Psalm of the Cross. This is the Psalm of the Suffering Servant. Okay, the end of 52 actually says it lists. Let's, let's start with the end of 52, okay? Um, all right, here we go. Let's, let's go with this. Psalm 52, verse 13. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently, and he shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were astonished at their, at the his vis, visage or his image, his appearance was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him. For that which had not been told, he shall see them that they which that they which they had not heard shall they consider. That which they had not heard shall they consider. Sorry, don't have my glasses on tonight. So this is the deal. Jesus is sprinkling many nations with his blood. Jesus is sprinkling the earth and covering the earth with his blood so that he can cover his his people with his glory. He says this, that his visage was so marred. It, it said that there was nothing in the flesh, nothing in the natural that was, was, that was comely or... Uh, that people would be drawn to him. Okay? There's nothing in the natural that made Jesus any special. But it was who he was in the spirit. It was the fact that he was God. So it says this, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness that when we shall see him. There is no beauty in him that we shall desire him. See, nothing in the natural that would cause us to desire Jesus. But see, it's his spirit. It's who he is. It causes our hearts to, to deep, calls them to deep. The spirit of the man searches and connects with the Holy Spirit, connects with the spirit of Christ. And that's where our desire comes from. He was despised, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. You see, it's funny how God's own people are hiding their faces from him, just like Adam did in the garden, because of the sin, because of the disconnection with God, because we know that we have sinned against our God. You know, sometimes there's a breach in the spirit. There's something that rises up in us that causes us, you know, we we know when we're right with God as believers. We have the witness, the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. And we also know when we're not right with God because we have the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus was despised and we esteemed him not. His own people turned on him. 
Yes. Did he pour out his spirit and, and redeem them? We read about it in the book of Acts, yes. But there was a season when the church was scattered. As soon as Christ went through the, the passion of our Lord, when, when he experienced what we're reading about right now, the church scattered. Verse 4 says this, Surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him smitten and stricken of God and afflicted. You see, even though he carries our sorrows, even though he bears our griefs so many times, we esteem him as stricken and smitten of God. We just see him as afflicted. We don't realize the depths of what he's doing. But verse 5, it starts to break it down. He was wounded for our transgressions. Transgressions is the outward display of sin. See, Jesus took wounds on the outside so that he could deal with the outward effects of sin. But then he took it a step further. He was bruised internally for our iniquities which means he took wounds on the inside to deal with our iniquities, to deal with the inner dealings, to deal with the inner longings, to deal with the inner cravings of the flesh. He took care of that when he was bruised and wounded internally so that you could be healed internally. He was wounded on the outside externally for the transgressions that would manifest outwardly so that you could be healed outwardly. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. See, he was chastised so that you could have peace. And peace which passes all understanding. And it continues and says, with his stripes, we are healed. You see, it's by his stripes we are healed. It's by his stripes that you are healed. Jesus took those stripes. He took those lashes. Why? that you could be made whole. Verse 6 says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, even God's own people go astray. Even the people of God go astray. They, they turn their own way. See, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it's death. You have a choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. What does that mean? Does God do the choosing? Yes, God chooses you. You make a choice whether you want to harden your heart to that or you want to yield. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, all of us. He took on the sins for the whole world. Verse 7 He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is dumb, he opened not his mouth. See, it's funny. No matter what Jesus went through, he chose not to open his mouth, but he chose to forgive. Verse 8, he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked 
and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit found in his mouth. Listen, this man didn't do anything wrong, but he had to pay the penalty for your sin. You see, he took it. He was gracious. He was merciful. Even when you didn't deserve his mercy, even when you didn't deserve his love, even when you didn't deserve his forgiveness, guess what? He took it. And there he stood on the cross, nailed wrist to cross and wrist to cross, held up there all the way to his last breath. He sat there and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he was declaring his forgiveness over not only the people that were there during the Passion, people that were there during his crucifixion. But just like the Jews said, may his blood be on us and our children. It was it was prophetic declaration. Yes, may his blood be on us and our children. Not only were they taking responsibility for his blood, but they were saying, look, we, we want his blood over us. That was the whole reason for the cross, was for the blood to be shed, for that sacrifice to be made. For God to reconcile and, and bring an atonement, which means at-one-ment. At-one-ment means... God takes you and makes you one with him. He takes away the dividing wall. He knocks down that breach in the spirit, those very things that keep you from the access of the throne room of God. The blood of Jesus Christ has given you access into the throne room. That's why we're told through the mouth of Paul, through the writings of Paul, he says, come boldly before the throne of grace. Come in, be brought near by the blood of Jesus. See, our, our conscience can be sprinkled clean, and that veil can be torn in two. Why? Because we can come in by the blood of Jesus. We can have access. We can have entrance. God gives us the ability to come into his throne room It's been made as a reward and as a blessing. And believe me, the fact that we can even come before a holy God, how such depraved people can come before a holy God and God accept us and God receive us is a miracle. And it's not to be taken lightly. It's not to be taken for granted. You need to be reminded of where you came from. You need to be reminded of who your God is. And do not take the things of God for granted. See, he opened not his mouth. He did no violence. No deceit was found in his mouth. Verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him and put on him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul. shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. That's just it. God saw the travail of Jesus' soul and he was satisfied because he knew that Christ's righteousness, by the blood that was shed, it would justify many and that Christ would bear our iniquities, take on our sins. 
to gone our transgression. Verse 12, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And that's just it. Jesus bore the sins, and he prayed. He made intercession. He stood in the gap. He stood between. And we, as Christ's people in the earth, need to learn how to intercede for the transgressors. We need to learn how to bear one another's burdens. Now, do we need to bear the sin burden? No, but we do need to pray over it. And so, believe the report of the Lord. You choose to believe either God's report or you choose to believe man's report or you choose to believe the enemy's report. But see, Jesus said, I know my sheep and my sheep know me and my sheep know my voice and the voice of the stranger will they not follow. What that tells me is there's going to be strange voices competing and biting for your attention and your time. There's going to be the the mouth of, of the lies, the mouth of the enemy coming at you, dropping those thoughts in your mind, dropping those things in your heart that would cause you to turn to the right or the left. Jesus said, lay aside every weight and every sin that easily besets you. Well, how do we do that? We look unto Jesus. We trust Jesus. We set our eyes unto God. From where comes our help? Our help comes from the Lord. We've got to set our eyes on things above. We've got to fix our eyes on Jesus until we behold his glory. You see, as we behold his glory, the Bible says we'll be changed into his likeness. We'll change into his image. That as he presses himself into us and he leaves his impression on our life, that we can shine and we can begin to be changed and transformed. This isn't something that man can do for himself. This isn't something a person can do for themselves. You cannot change yourself. But through the word of the Lord and by the Spirit of God, you can be transformed and conformed into the image of Christ. Not conformed to the things of the world, but be conformed into his image. He's calling us. He's calling us to a higher place. He's calling us up. Let me pray for you, and then we're going to go into a time of worship a little bit and get back into the word. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood. We thank you, Lord, that not only were you wounded on the outside for for the very display of sin, but you were bruised on the inside so you would deal with the inner dealings of our lives so that we would be pleasing, that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight as we hide your word in our heart, Lord. Let us not sin against you as we begin to trust and rely on your word, Father, to go forth. You said you would hasten your word to perform it. So will the words go forth that come out of your mouth, and they will go and accomplish whatever you have declared, whatever you purpose them to do, Father. That those words would go forth and bear fruit, and that fruit would remain. 
So, Father, we ask, Lord God, for heaven's influence in our lives. We ask, Father God, that you would overshadow us by the Holy Spirit. Father, for every man, every woman, every child, every teenager tonight, Lord God, that you would, Lord God, give them a revelation of the cross. Give them a revelation of their condition. But, Father, in Christ, give them a revelation of their position. Father, you said we are not only saved, but we are raised with Christ. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That, Father, you have seated us with you, given us authority to defeat all the power of the enemy. And, Father, we declare tonight we're not only saved and washed in the blood of Jesus, but we're raised to minutes of life. Father, we're raised, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That we no longer have an earthly position, but we have a kingdom perspective, a heavenly perspective, a heavenly position, and that position is in the spiritual realms. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're seated with Christ in spiritual realms. But, Father God, you have raised us up, and we pray, Father God, help us to get caught up in the spirit of God, that you would begin to filter and filtrate our lives with the things of God and the things of your spirit. So, Father, we just give you all the praise, we give you all the glory, we give you all the honor, and we thank you tonight. In Jesus, Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Father. Amen. Listen, this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, just sharing my heart a little bit, sharing Isaiah 53, talking about the song of the cross. We want to burn it in your heart. We want it to burn in your heart. We want passion for God to... Resonate inside of you And that God would stir up a hunger And a passion For him but it would give you a compassion For people See we need that upward connection But we also need an outward connection We need to look to heaven We need to connect with God in heaven But you know God has put us here in the earth To connect with the people here And to be salt and light Paul said, look, I'd rather go, I'd rather be with the Lord, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and I'd much rather be there, but for your sake, I'm here. There's a work to be done. Praise God. Just let your heart burn for him tonight as we go into a little bit more worship.
hear a roar out of Zion. I hear a cry, saints in Judah forth. I see dark clouds, but I see a light. I see an army of warriors, hope deferred with fear. I hear a voice saying, can these rivals live? Yeah. 
right, well, praise God, we're back. Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. We're coming up about 15 minutes past the 10 o'clock hour Central Standard Time. We're broadcasting out of Dallas, Texas tonight. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host uh, for the rest of the night. Uh, basically, we're going to go into the Word for a little bit, wrap up in prayer, and go back into worship for the rest of the night. And I just wanted to share a little more scripture and uh, just kind of to edify, encourage, exhort, and exalt the name of Jesus Christ. So, uh, if you would, uh, we just finished Isaiah 53, Old Testament. I thought I'd go ahead and just take us through a chapter of the New Testament as well. And so, if you would, uh, turn to the first chapter of Ephesians. And we're just going to go Ephesians chapter 1. So we got Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. And then we've got Galatians. And then we've got Ephesians. So for those of you that are trying to find it, uh, there you go. So Ephesians chapter 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints, which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Paul is declaring himself, hey, I'm an apostle by the will of God. See, it's the will of God that decides whether a man or a woman is qualified. Okay, it's not another man. It's not a denomination. It's not an ordination. It's not a piece of paper. It's not a degree. But God decides who and how the qualifications come. And Paul is making a declaration that it's by the will of God that he is an apostle of Jesus Christ. And in the same way, it's by the will of God that you're a saint, that you're a child of the Most High King. He goes on to say, this is to the saints that are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So listen, if you're faithful in Christ Jesus, if you're a saint, this letter is for you. Now, this is one of the greatest exhortations in the first couple verses of this chapter now listen to his mindset he says grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ he's speaking grace he's crying grace he's declaring grace over the Ephesian church he's declaring peace he's speaking peace and when we begin to minister out of the grace of our Lord we need to speak grace to the hearers we need to speak peace of those. Now he says this in verse 3. He says, and this is talking about the blessings of redemption. Okay? Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. See, you're not lacking in spiritual blessings because we have a promise in the third verse of the first chapter of the book of Ephesians that Jesus Christ has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. See, God chose you before the earth was ever created. He chose you before the foundation of the world. What did he choose you to do? He chose you, and here's the second part of four. It says that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He wants us in love with him. He wants us to walk in the love of God. He wants us to walk in the consecration and holiness 
and walk without. And how do we do that? By yielding to the Spirit of God. Not giving in to our carnal nature, but being open and obedient to the Spirit of Christ. Verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of his will. See, it's the good pleasure of the will of God that God predestinated you. He predesigned, he predetermined what your life was going to be like before the foundations of the world. He's adopted you. You're an adopted child. Now, what's funny about the, the Hebrew culture is if you're a natural son in a Hebrew culture, you can be kicked out of the house. Now, listen to this. The Jews say if you're a natural son in the Hebrew culture, you can get kicked out of the house. But if you're an adopted son, you cannot be kicked out of the house. Now, do the research. Check that out. That's interesting. And God says you're adopted. What does that mean? He's not going to kick you out if you're a son or a daughter. It was predetermined. It was predetermined according to his will. According to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 6, to the praise, praise and glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. See, you're accepted, you're accepted, you're accepted, you're accepted, you're accepted. Verse 7, in whom, in Christ, that's in whom, in whom, in whom, in whom do you have redemption? It's in Christ. And you have redemption through his blood, through his blood, it's through his blood, it's through his blood, it's through his blood, did you hear me? The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. See, he's all wisdom. Jesus is all the wisdom you need. The Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit in you, the words of God on the inside of you are all the wisdom you need. Verse 9, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. See, God wants to take the mystery out of it. It's only a mystery until it's revealed. It's only a mystery until the Holy Spirit reveals it to your heart as truth. When revelation comes, it's not a mystery anymore. So he's made known to us. We know it now. Why? It's according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. See, there's going to be a convergence. There's going to be a convergence when heaven touches earth. Earth touches heaven. Heaven kisses earth. There's going to be a time when everything that's under his feet in heaven and earth come together. So praise God. Because in him, in whom, in Christ, we have obtained an inheritance. You've inheritance, 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 inheritance. Get a hold of that. God's got an inheritance for you. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. See, it's according to his purposes. And he's the one that's working all things. He's working all things. 
together for your good. And it's after the counsel of his own will. It's not after your counsel. It's not after man's counsel. But it's after the counsel of the Spirit of God. Verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory. Why is he doing all this? He wants us to glorify him. He wants us to be a praise in the earth. He wants us to praise him so that he gets all the glory from those who first trusted in Christ. Did you trust in Christ? Are you trusting in Christ? In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Listen, when you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When you heard the word of truth, you began to trust Jesus. You trusted in his blood. You trusted in his spirit. You trusted in his word. That's the gospel of your salvation. And when you believe, he seals you by the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, verse 14. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. What is that saying? It's a down payment. It's a down payment. It's an earnest of your inheritance. It's a deposit. I'll let you know, hey, here's a deposit of my spirit until I redeem you from the praise of my glory until it comes back. Verse 15, wherefore, I also have just heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love unto all the saints. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now listen, we need to begin to pray. We need to make mention of the saints. We need to pray for those that are that are faithful in God, those that have faith and those that have love for Christ. We need to continue to pray, cease not to pray and give thanks and make mention always for, for the, the saints of God in prayer. And even for those that are not in the kingdom, we need to pray continually. And this is what we need to pray, just like Paul prayed, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He wants you to have God's wisdom that's applying God's word accurately into every situation of your life. That's wisdom, taking the, the ways and the words of God and applying them to your life. And revelation is taking the mystery out of things and it's having revealed knowledge and understanding of who he is. Revelation and the knowledge of him and the knowledge of him. He wants your intimate knowledge. He wants what you know about him to grow. And that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. They'd be flooded with light. Flooded with light. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. And that we would know what is the hope of his calling. Do you know the hope of your calling? Do you have a hope? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's why you need to know the hope of your calling. Your hope needs to be in Jesus. And what the riches of the glory. See, there's riches in glory of the inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. There's a greatness. There's a working. He's, he's at power. His spirit's moving in the earth. And those things he wrought in Christ. He, these things happened when Christ was raised from the dead, verse 20. And he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. See, he set Christ at the right hand in heavenly places. But he also says, we're seated too. Far above all principality, power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the one which is to come. 
But Jesus is Lord of all, not only in this world, but in the one that is to come. And he put all things under his feet. All things. Satan is under his feet. And he gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, and the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And that's chapter 1. So you're his body today. He wants to fill you today. He wants to have his way in your life today. So trust him. Trust him with your life today. Get a glimpse of his glory. Get a glimpse of his glory. Get a glimpse of his glory.
Uh, praise God, well, we're back. Hey, this is Prayer International Radio. Just want to wrap up tonight. If you need to call in, the call in number is 619-638-8458. Going to, into a time of prayer real fast. And we're going to go back into worship and close out the night with worship. So I just shared the first chapter of Ephesians just to exhort and encourage you with the words of Paul with some New Testament scripture for those of you that are New Testament believers. And I just want to encourage you, hey, if you're in Christ, he's given you every spiritual blessing. If you're in Christ, you've been brought near by the blood of the Lamb. If you're in Christ, you're an adopted son or daughter. If you're in Christ, and we pray that the eyes of your understanding be flooded with light, that you would know what you're called to do. You'd know your assignment and purpose in Christ. You would experience the richness and the riches of his glory, that you'd experience the goodness of his presence, the goodness of his grace. And we pray that you would have access by the blood of Jesus and understand that he's given you authority. He's seated you with Christ in heavenly places. And I just wanted to reiterate that by sharing that, that chapter that reinforces some of that. So, Father, be with your people tonight. Shine your face. Shine your love. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. We bless those in the chat room, Lord, for Linda and Rosemarie and the guests that we've had tonight. Father, we pray that your blessing would be on their lives and on their families and on their ministries and whatever they put their hands to would prosper. We pray that you'd make your face to shine upon every man, every woman, every child, every teenager tonight that they would feel the glory, they would feel your presence, they would feel your love, and they would know you in the power of your resurrection. Lord Jesus, pour out your Holy Spirit. Lord, bring revival in the hearts of your people. And, Father, accomplish your purposes and accomplish your will. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you're in us to willing to do of your good pleasure. Father, you are actually in us, and you are doing the work. You are finishing what you started, Lord. And we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Help us to run to you. Help us to run to you. Help us to run to you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I hear the voice. It's the voice of the one I love. He's calling my name. calling me, Jesus. I hear the voice, the voice of the one I love. He's calling my name. Can you hear him calling you? He's saying, come up higher. Hear the angels sing, yeah. Come up This world behind, you'll find it to be beautiful.
You brought me to your banqueting table, Lord. You prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies, Lord. You anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil, Lord. The oil of gladness, the oil of joy. And now my cup overflows, oh Lord. Yes, my cup overflows, oh Lord. Yes, my cup overflows, oh Lord. It's surely goodness and mercy. It's gonna follow me all the days of my life. It's gonna follow me. Give the Lord praise tonight.
heartbeat for you. 